Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. From the Tox and Tastings Studios, I'm Bullhagen. I'm Berg. And I'm Vicker. Peter's here. Hey, Pete. So, uh, another fantastic show today. We got a, a top 12 list. I'm pretty pumped. Looks like you got some. Usually, if it's a, a copy, it's pretty usually uh, one of the protestants. Is that what you got there? You know it, man. <laughs> so, uh, we got a, a few things going on. But first, I have a, a little history question for Berg. Okay. Have you ever heard of someone called uh, a bishop, Bishop Sycamore? No, I haven't. It's actually, it's been in the news lately. Okay. And it, it actually is kind of funny. So there is this high school named, well, it's not really a high school, Bishop Sycamore. And uh, and it's supposedly a high school in, in Ohio State, or in Ohio. Okay. And uh, they have a football team that played another high school from Florida on ESPN. Okay. The only problem is this high school doesn't exist. They faked their way onto ESPN by faking a high school and playing another high school in Florida. That's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. And the name of the school was Bishop Sycamore. So Bishop, oh, it will sound like a Catholic school. And Sycamore, ah. I don't know if it's a tree or something like that. It's a tree. So so wow. they, they got onto ESPN claiming, oh, yeah, we have, they basically said, we have a bunch of Division One football prospects on our team. And and the announcers are saying, well, we can't really verify that because we don't know any of these people. None of this is checking out. And apparently, most of the players were like like junior college dropouts and like were in their twenties, like men. That's awesome. That is <laughs> that is some serious trolling. <laughs> and so now it's it's as re- have you heard of this, Peter? Yeah, I I saw it briefly. I didn't look into it, but and and the... see, even ESPN has fake news. <laughs> it is funny because the the. You know, they, they some of the players would take off their helmets. They're like, there's no way that's a high schooler. And the problem was, is is the high school team was cleaning their clocks. They were like smoking these men, <laughs> <laughs> so much so that the announcers like were worried for the team, Bishop Sycamore team, that they might get hurt by this high school team. <laughs> that kind of reminds me of uh, oh, it was a. Uh had david spade in it and john herder um and uh like the, re- the bench warmers bench warmers where they pull in that guy from puerto rico <laughs> and he's got his papers which says that he's 12 <laughs> just written in there i'm 12 <laughs> only the complete opposite of that yeah because if you're like a division one football prospect you're going to be on a bunch of lists you know you're you'll be able to find out some more about them but best kept secret in ohio but, I yeah. guess. yeah and it, like apparently the school didn't even have a website like you and if you were to google like their location it's mm-hmm. just like an apartment building <laughs> <laughs> one room schoolhouse man i mean apparently they had played a, a game 2 days before <laughs> that's awesome and they wound up playing on ESPN is that amazing you know, this sounds it is. this sounds like a joke that two guys are like hey guys wouldn't it be stupid if we got on ESPN <laughs> yeah, man. The whole thing was a Although I, I'm all right. What's the minimum effort we can put into still trying to do it and have them not notice? 
It's oh. like, what's the address? Oh, well, it's a, just it's make amazing an that they building. got this far, right? right? Isn't it amazing that they even got this far? Like, you think there'd be some sort of... I wonder at what point did they invest in the jerseys saying, well, we have to look the part, too. <laughs> it would be awesome if they were just ratty old, you know, like <laughs> something from... Scrimmage. Hand me down from a different high school. <laughs> So yeah, it's it's the whole thing is I don't know it just fascinates me. Um, so what would be, what would be uh, uh, from our our expertise? Is there anything comparable of someone like faking their way? Nothing's coming to mind. Vicar, you got anything? Maybe a there are some cults. Yeah, I would maybe. say cult would be the closest thing. Well, that Russell dude from uh, who started the uh, the Watchtower. Mm-hmm. You know, and not Justice League, but like you know your favorite. <laughs> door-to-door, you know. Uh, Jehovah's, Witness. Jehovah's Witnesses. you know. I guess they actually put him on trial, and they asked him the meaning of this of a Greek word, and, you know, because he said he claimed he knew Greek when he, you know, translated the Bible correctly mm-hmm. for the first time. And, um, you know, they started actually, quizzing him on Greek, and he didn't know it, and that's actually in a, a court transcript, and I think New York. It also, also kind of reminds me of Chris Christian, Pastor Chris Christian. <laughs> Because he doesn't really have a church, he just hangs out at the the rest stop. Yeah, but you know his church is growing exponentially. That's right. So. Vicar doesn't know what we're talking about. Nope. Uh, I interviewed a pastor of uh, of a church who had the fastest growing church in Port Berlin, yeah. Oklahoma. So look it up. Yeah, it grew three hundred times percent. Yeah. So, um, so I, I didn't know. I just thought it was interesting. What do you got to drink? I have another iced coffee thing. I thought it'd be kind of nice. Summer's it's getting they're gonna start getting cooler now, which is awesome. I've got a strawberry flavored sparkling water that I found in the fridge when we moved in. So, it might be yours, <laughs> <laughs> or something you gave the former vicar. Uh, that, uh, to the listener, if some students. Seminary students are used to eating and drinking whatever they happen to find in the fridge or whatever happened was given to them by the seminary co-op. This is true. So. What's um, the oldest thing you found in the seminary co-op? There's things, I would say barbecue sauce with a two-year, expired two years ago kind of a thing. But it's it's still there. Sounds a little like Wise Buys. Yeah. That's not bad. I've heard heard they've had worse there. Mm Mm-hmm. About 10 years ago, this is a true story, we were cleaning out our cupboard a little bit, and I pulled out like a like a cake mix, and on the cake mix, it had, in marker, it had a one on it. <laughs> okay. One point at the co-op. Right. It was something that I had gotten at the seminary. <laughs> How many years ago? <laughs> I think oh we, had, we had made it made it to move... Past the first place. And so did you actually bake the cake? No, no, we threw it away. You should have baked the cake. <laughs> like, it would have been like a quarter of a century old cake. Heirloom cake? Is that what they call it? Yeah, the... you know. I was going to say you should have done the right thing and gifted it to the food pantry box for the vicar. That would have been awesome. Yeah, and he would have thought, oh, the other vicar must have left this. Right. When actuality. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, actually curious to see, like, if it would have been any good or not. We've tried expired pancake mix and they just don't rise mm. something about that date it, it actually oh, was there for probably a reason. the, the right. uh 
the uh, sodium bicarbonate. That... So it'd be more like a cookie cake. Right. <laughs> All right. So what are we preaching on? Well, the text for the 14th Sunday of Trinity is on Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19, and that's the narrative of the 10 lepers. So, Vicar, uh, Vicar, this is, are you excited? This is your first sermon here. I am. So, so tell, tell everyone what that process is like, well, if you want. I take a stab at it and write something up, and I bring it with much joy to show you, and then you... <laughs> <laughs> help me see it from another angle <laughs> and and I start to to repatch it together uh helpful though right helpful yes um and you actually learned i think what was the biggest breakthrough in this process i I think I know what it is, but um writing it by hand, which I've never done before, helps you kind of figure out how you're going to say it as you're writing it. So you, you just write it differently than you would type it. And I think that's kind of a neat concept that might work for me. And you actually have like a pad, like an iPad that you're able to do that with. Yes. So about the text itself, what is a text? So does it translate it though from your writing to uh, to uh, like computer text? Or does it keep your... There is a feature you can do that, but I've only experimented with short um, sentences for that, okay. not, not a whole document. It, it's like that uh, voice-dictated feature where it doesn't get everything right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I got a phone call, and they left a message, and you know how it transcribes the message? And uh, I know they said, hey, pastor, but it came out, hey, B. <laughs> <laughs> When classes, <laughs> and I was like, "Whoa!" Cause I I read the thing before I before I listened to it, and I'm like, "Whoa, that's uh, that's pretty spicy." But, uh, <laughs> that sounds like when when you put the subtitles on for a r- online lecture, right? Just to see what it comes out as. Sometimes it's really close, and sometimes not so much. So, let's get back to the text. So the ten lepers. And so what exactly are you preaching on about this? So I'm starting out and as comparing us to the 10 lepers, that we have a condition, um, a condition, though, of the heart. And ours doesn't necessarily manis- manifest itself on the outside, but it is, like leprosy, a terminal condition. So you basically say that... Uh, the uh, the lepers uh, with their leprosy are actually living a more honest life. Yes, their uh, who they are as sinners is matching their body is matching inside life. and out matches. And if they weren't being honest with themselves, would they have even reached out to Jesus like they did? Lord, have mercy on us. So we too need to be honest and reach out to. Jesus for his mercy and healing and and cleansing, more than just physical healing, but spiritual cleansing as well. What do you got, Berg? You go first. Well, so uh, yeah, it's about having mercy, how the Samaritan came back and recognized his salvation, um, and uh, uh, Jesus saying to him, what does he say? Your 
rise, your faith has, your made, faith you has well. made you well. So, so uh, there's there's so much to preach on. You can talk about repentance. You could talk about um, a lot of guys, pastors talk about gratitude about this. Um, sometimes it's important to. I get a little concerned when the pastors tell people how they're supposed to feel, because that I, I'd rather tell them what Jesus does for them. And if they don't understand that, that that's what ingratitude looks like. Not realizing that your salvation, your life comes from Him, but from your own hands. That 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 is a heart of ingratitude. So, so those are all sorts of things. But you've probably preached on this how many times? I think this will be my eighth time preaching on this. Okay. Um, and I do think, like, I wouldn't shy away from telling people how to feel because the law tells them how to feel, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think that's important for them to realize, too, that the way that they feel on the inside does not match up with God's law, which is why they needed Jesus in the first place. Mm. Um, and so the law doesn't just uh, prescribe particular actions, but it also uh, prescribes thoughts and feelings, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I think that's important for us to realize that that is, uh, going back to Vicar's point, a part of the spiritual leprosy that we feel. Um, just like a leper uh, can't feel because his nerves are dying, uh, our spiritual numbness um, is is even more concerning because it damns. Um, and so I, I do think that um, we we actually do need to preach on how how we ought to feel. Yeah, um, I, I suppose. You know, I guess my my thing is, but it, but there's no comfort in that, and see, right? Y- you know, and so I think like that is very, that's very good for uh, the talk about the law and uh, sanctification. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, to, to kind of clarify what I, what I say, what I mean by that is, is um, is it uh, to simply tell? For and this happens with things like worry too. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus says, "Don't worry." But then he doesn't say, just leave it at that. He says, why? He says, look at the, the birds of the air and the lilies of the field. It's like, it's like your buddies, be thankful. Right. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, uh... so, so in other words, it's not just don't worry. It's more also you don't have to worry because God, God cares for you and he, and he provided for you his own son. Mm. So The imperatives are always... Right, built on the indicatives. Right. And what we mean by that is that any of the commands are built on, on the fact. Right. Of what Christ has done. So, so if you look at this text and you just say, "Okay, people, you need to be more thankful," uh, that doesn't. I don't think that really drives much. It just it makes feel people feel guilty about not being thankful enough without giving them a way out of it. I need. Whereas if you say. Uh, uh, your thankfulness comes from recognizing who Jesus is, recognizing your sin and how he saved you, recognizing, as Vicar pointed out, how desperate you are in need of salvation and how really, without Christ, we are dead men walking. Um, then you kind of bring out the, the be, simply be thankful. It is a problem to not be thankful, but it's not because the problem isn't you're not thankful enough. It's not, you're not really delving into the law and to the gospel. That's the heart of the issue. Right. Well, and what, by saying you're not thankful enough, you are actually accusing them and say, because you're not thankful enough, you're damned. Right. And it's true. It's true. If you are not thankful enough, you are going to hell. 
apart from the grace and mercy of Christ. I think it's important to make people squirm a little bit, and they should squirm, mm-hmm. because they owe God everything. And that be, not being thankful is just as much of a sin as murder or blasphemy. Mm-hmm. It's true. I mean, uh, and that's the thing, is that uh, we pe- that sort of mentality needs to be condemned. Right. Now, what do you think about Jesus, um, the way in which Jesus heals? Well, if I could say something there, um, when he says, we're not ten cleansed and where are the nine, was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Mm -hmm. At that moment, he's declaring that he is God. Yeah. He is the source of the cleansing. Mm -hmm. And I think that should have been that moment where the Samaritan realizes that Jesus is the true high priest, mm-hmm. and maybe this is an allusion to the end of the temple and the sacrificial system, and later he he is also the sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting because he's the only one who recognizes it, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I think it's interesting, too, that perhaps these guys are standing right there, the other nine. It doesn't say how far they got as they went their way before they were cleansed, right? Mm -hmm. But Jesus doesn't actually touch them, right? right? Like he does in other healings. He doesn't actually say... Like he just did with the the man, the deaf man, the deaf mute. Mm -hmm. You know, what what he does here is very um, kind of oblique, right? He says, go show, show yourselves to the priests, right? Which doesn't necessarily mean a cleansing anyway, right? Jesus doesn't actually give them exactly what they want, when they want it, mm-hmm. right? And it's as they turn to go to visit the priests, right? Because what do the priests do? The priests have no power to actually cleanse you, right? Right. In the Old Testament ceremonial law, the only thing that the priests can do is declare that you're clean. They can't actually cleanse you. Um, and Hebrews makes a big point of this, right? That um, all of the, the ceremonial laws, like you just mentioned, uh, only deal with the body, Right. But then when Christ, the high priest of the good things to come, comes, right, he cleanses us in a way that is far more lasting and eternal, and is and which is much better than the ashes of a bull and goat and heifer and the like. The priests were supposed to confirm that the miracle even took place. Right. That was the point of sending him back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, so that was the point, right? Uh also as a witness to them, right? Jesus does this in other places too. However, um, it also does show the end of the ceremonial law, right? Like you mentioned before, uh, that uh, Christ has come. And that's why the Samaritan recognizes it, right? It's interesting too. I think you could make a big point of how Christ says, go show yourselves to the priests. And I th- try to put yourself into the into the minds of the other nine, right? Mm-hmm. You know, just, just try, right? And think of how often this is done today. You know, we give lip service to God, that God is actually the cause of our healing. Um, but, you know, I mean, just I, this is where I think some of the, uh, uh, you know, David Peterson talks about the imagination, right, that you need in the Bible. So let's just put ourselves in their shoes. I mean, they could have rationalized this up the uh, Yahoo, right? Mm-hmm. They could have said, oh, well, you know, that mud bath, Right. By soaking in those springs yesterday, that's what brought this about. This guy, Jesus, didn't do anything. Or or, or even if it's the, the fact that, oh, we're healed because we finally found the right strategy. It's, you know, we found Jesus. 
where it's a, a, a synergistic type or, of a view. Or maybe, hey, this Jesus, he just recognized what was already done because he didn't actually say, I'm healed. He just said, go show yourselves to the priest. Maybe he just saw that we were already healed, and we just didn't recognize it. The power was in us all along. Right? I mean, don't people do this all the time? We give lip service to God to say that God actually does do these things. But then it's like, ah, well, you know, I just took my vitamins. Right. I just I just took a whole bunch of vitamin D, and so, right. you know. And we've talked about this, did this before, how as pastors, even when we pray, like if someone's in the hospital— we tend to pray, you know, help us deal with this. Is we'd say that more than, you know, heal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially if it's a terminal cancel, we're say we we tend to, you know, give us hope in the resurrection. All those things are good and true, but we we emphasize more than, hey, can you? As though God can't heal them, we just assume that. Yeah, or that. Oh well, it's the doctors. You know, the doctor was just so good to to heal them. And while there's there's something true about that, right? Uh, ultimately, what it does is it obscures God. This is why people get so depressed when they're old and bedbound. Why? Because they're dependent. Mm-hmm. Because there they can't escape from the fact that somebody else has to wipe their butt. Because somebody else has to take them to the shower. Because somebody else has to feed them. And so what do the old people say when we visit them? Why am I so useless? Why does God right. keep me here? So what was their God really in? What did they put their trust in? It was in themselves all along, in their independence, mm-hmm. in what they could do. Uh, and I still have some precious souls who, uh, you know, who uh, when they do go to the nursing home, you know, they, they're, they're comforted in the fact that there's a lot of people over there they can help. <laughs> yeah. That it, that's and, good for me to be here because there's a lot of lonely people I can visit with. But that's another thing we have to point out as a sin. It is a sin. Because what it does is it questions whether God's in charge or not. What it does is it questions who's in the driver's seat. Um, and this is why, yeah, this is why, what, what does Jesus tell us? He says that we must become like little children, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what do children need? Help all the time, right? Mm-hmm. They need help all the time. They are dependent on us. And if they were try if they were gonna try and change their diaper, it would make everything so much worse. And we're we're right? seeing we're seeing this too on on a, a larger scale really of when the god of science falls. <laughs> yeah, and this is the thing with COVID. Why is everybody so nuts about COVID? Because this is something that is not in their control. People I was listening to another podcast yesterday, uh it's one of them um they, there was an interview, and uh, these guys are more progressive and leftist, and, uh, and you know, they were kind of freaking out about this. And, you know, they're like, yeah, I had a good friend, and, you know, he wore his mask all the time, and he was vaccinated, and he was very careful, and he still got the Delta variant. And it's like, yeah, you're not in control. Right. You cannot save yourself. You And, and this is—isn't this ultimately mm-hmm. what the end of the text is, that your faith has— rescued you your faith has saved you we that's uh tied into the sermon where i'm gonna say how suffering is a blessing Mm -hmm. because it helps us understand our dependence on jesus right and so it brings us back in yeah without that sort of suffering most of us our dependence on god would remain an abstraction 
right? It's the same way, uh, you know, this is a temptation in everything we do, right? Whether it be building wealth or raising a family mm-hmm. or, you know, even even in the church, right? That if we, uh, if we just do the right things, if we are just kind enough or if we just... Uh, have the right sermon, or if we're just in the community enough, well, then or if stuff the, will... the pastor has the right personality, or if the pr- pastor has the right personality, well, then it's going to work, right? Well, I thought God was the one who called, gathered, enlightened, and sanctified His people and kept them in the true faith, right? Yeah, that's um, a good point. So I brought up the science science thing because I actually mentioned in this in a sermon uh, how if you listen to the language. When it, especially when it comes to COVID, follow the science, trust the science, mm-hmm. where it almost has almost, re- this, you know, fear, love, and trust in science. Right. And- R- rather than using science as a tool, it is the thing you trust. See, I think that would be a really cool way to preach this sermon is take kind of the mentality of the nine and how they rationalize what Jesus does away from the faith. And use that to um, kind of, you know, compare and contrast what's going on today. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, one of them could be, uh, well, you know, I did the right medical things, or oh, I was, you know, I was, I helped out my brother lepers here, so God, you know, or to make an image, a phantom of God apart from Jesus. I right? got, I got my medical degree from uh, Bishop Sycamore Medical School. Right. So, I mean, I think that would be fantastic because it's not like, because a lot of times we're not all that imaginative because we see everything. Every movie nowadays, they just, uh, you know, you've got green screens and everything. You don't, and nothing is left to the imagination anymore. And so we don't actually put ourselves in the position of these people, Mm -hmm. right? We don't actually put ourselves in the position of why would these guys walk away, right? Right. Because we're kind of in our minds, we're more pious than we think. We think that we would always be the the Samaritan, right? Right. And that is not necessarily the case. Right. I mean, the Samaritan belongs to a heterodox church. This would be like uh, somebody from the ELCA or the UCC recognizing Jesus when all of the Missouri Senate guys mm-hmm. forsake him. Right. <laughs> I mean, like this is. I mean, this is how like shocking this would have been. To the disciples, or, or you know, when when you know, in our own piety, we we might get upset with the disciples. Disciples, why don't you see this or understand it? As though if we were in their shoes, yeah. And it's like <laughs> if we were in their shoes, we'd be a lot. I don't wouldn't even be disciples. I don't think <laughs> right. We we'd be the, we'd be the crowd looking for the next, uh, um, you know, the the next uh, stimulus check. I mean, a loaf of bread, <laughs> right? I mean, so that's I mean. It's like just, you know, if we would actually take a second and put ourselves in their position, I, and how much rationalizing we do on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the time. Or we, so. uh, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Um, and uh, why don't we move on? Good transition. <laughs> so uh, I have a top 12 list, um, and this is inspired by Vicar. Because uh, I gave this assignment to you, and I figured I better do it because you weren't going to. Oh, you! Oh, you gave me an assignment. Yes. And so it's all stem, stems from Vicar. There's a while ago, I was up. 
up at the wellness center working out on my own, and I brought a Bluetooth speaker to listen to music. Oh, and, oh yeah, yeah. Now I remember. And uh, I got a little uh, passive aggressive. Yeah, on my way out to an older lady working behind the counter. Yeah, I've got a little bit of a headache. Apparently, my music was too loud. Okay. And she's saying, then her saying, uh, yes, that music was interesting. And then she said, I like to listen to contemporary Christian music. Okay. What was she saying, really? That my music was less sanctified, I suppose? Yep. And so I uh, led me to the mind of, like, can I see? I don't see myself, like, hitting the weights hard with contemporary Christian music. I don't know about you. Maybe Shine Jesus Shine, that might do it. <laughs> okay. Is that for the really heavy sets when just that rage? Just <laughs> yep. Sh- <laughs> so, uh, See, I, I think I would drop the weights if I had to listen to Jesus is my friend. Oh, yeah, on repeat. But, yeah, oh my gosh. So, uh, w- what I'd like to do is, um, I'm, I, all of mine are from LSB. So, the top 12 list is uh, top 12 LF, LSB lifting bangers. All right, Peter, play the intro. Enough nonsense. It's time for Bullhagen's Top 12. So uh, these are, now, my criteria were, there has to be two things, right? Strong words, mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, tune matters, right, as well. Because, like, if you're lifting, you know, you're, like, you're trying to push out those extra reps, right? You, you, you know, you put the headphones on, you really want to grind them out, you know. What a friend we have in. That's not going to do it. No. It's not going to do it. So, Berg, maybe you could, since all might are LSB, maybe at the end, you, while I'm doing this, you can kind of think of, uh, of uh, some TLH hymns that you could maybe throw in for those folks. Mm-hmm. All right? Sounds good. Um, and, hey, Vicar, why don't you get a, a hymnal? So if we want to talk about the words. Okay. You don't have them all memorized? No, not yet. So now that Vicar's gone, he's doing a pretty good job, don't you think? Yeah. That's good. <laughs> Anything you want to say behind him behind his back while we're still recording here? No, it's been uh it's been good dialogue and yeah, it's been yeah. awesome. He's do he's doing all right. He's doing a good job. Animal so, sounds are lacking so far. We gotta work I, on that. I, that that is the one flaw. I will say that. Yes. I mean, he can at least do a, a, an animal dying noise or something. Oh, there you are. Very good, Vicar. Hymnal. <laughs> Number 12. Um, this, this seems like a, between the words and the tune, thy strong word. Oh, Franzman, yeah. 578. That kind of seems, seems like a, 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 an obvious choice. It's got the, the power. It's got a kind of a powerful uh, tune. Almost like a march-like quality. And then, you know, it's got the word strong in it. It's just a, a good lifting banger. What do you th- what do you think about that, Joyceberg? Sure, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you'd have to have some, like, uh, trumpets or brass, I think. Right. To really put it over the, the top. So are you going to have uh, somebody record all these so you can, like, you know, crank them at the gym? Hmm. Uh, like Hannah, on, like on an or- like on an organ or something. You know? Hannah, we have a project for you. <laughs> Number eleven. Uh, praise the one who breaks the darkness. I have eight, 
44. Is that right? 849. 49, that's a nine. My bad. Handwriting. It's got the power tuned again. You just like it because the tune is Beach Spring. <laughs> it just reminds you of your time in Florida. Well, isn't that the one that has like putting the, the devil in a steely cage and stuff? Is that the right one? Maybe I'm thinking of a different one. But it's a power. Yeah. You yep. know, breaking the darkness, smashing, right? Freeze the prisoners, drove out demons, rose victorious. I can see it. Yeah. So. Rock on. Number 10. 659, Lord of Our Life. Yeah. A lot of them, a lot of minor tunes. Yep. That well, that's because minor tunes are strong, which is why a lot of the Reformation music was written in the minor key. Everybody thinks, oh, it's so depressing. It's not depressing. The minor key is actually a strong key. It, it depends on how you sing it. Like, if you if you sing it minor key and you do it, like, kind of slow. Yeah, if you play it like a dirge, of course. Right. You know? I mean, if you play Awake My Heart with Gladness slow enough, you know, you can turn that into a dirge, too. Right. Oh, that happened one Easter. I, uh, oh my gosh, it was the Easter season on my vicarage and my supervisor was gone and the organist, she's a great lady, but boy, she, uh, she played very, very slow and it was, awake my heart with gladness. Like that slow, I was like, I finally ended up closing the book because it's like i just can't do this anymore <laughs> you know one of the most beautiful hymns in all of our hymnody and you know anyway that's neither here nor there okay keep going all right number nine um, and some of these are kind of pastor specific that gets me fired up too right this is a 586 uh preach you the word uh-huh that's another franzman one isn't it uh is it do you have any power yes. lyrics for us there, Vicar? Can you find some power lyrics in that one? Preach the word, preach you the word and plant it home to men who like or like it not. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because I, I like I like the, the hymns that actually show kind of uh, the work of a pastor in a strong, manly way. Yes. How yeah. about this? Though some be snatched and some be scorched and some be choked and matted flat, the sower sows. His heart cries out, oh, what of that and what of that? I say that after every service. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it gets you fired up. Get those few reps out, right? Number eight. 668, rise to arms with prayer, employ you. Nice. Church militant. Uh, who wrote that one, Vicar? Wilhelm Erasmus Ahrens. Yeah. Do you have, you have any power lyrics in that that might work? Well, it's rice arms. Well, that sounds like a Second Amendment thing to me. Yeah, well, when you're working out, you have the right to bear arms. That's right. <laughs> for, See, s for Satan has designed your fall, wield God's word, the weapon, glorious. That's a power. Fear not the hordes of hell. Here that, is Emmanuel. That's a good, good power lifting tune. Yeah. Number seven. Uh, this one's uh, one that we sing here a lot, Built on the Rock. Mm-hmm. A, uh, a good, 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 good,
645. I remember one time you said that something about him that he was a better hymn writer than he was theologian or something. Way better <laughs> hymn writer than theologian. So. so, yeah, built on the rock, you know. Some... Here stands the font before our eyes, telling how God did receive us. The altar recalls Christ's sacrifice and what the sacrament gives us. Here sound the scriptures that proclaim Christ yesterday, today the same, and evermore our Redeemer. Yeah. I mean, powerful stuff. That actually is, uh, you. well, you heard, uh, we uh, our church for our 100th anniversary commissioned a uh, uh, a uh, arrangement of that. Vicar got to hear that mm-hmm. his first Sunday here. So Number six. This is an obvious choice. 458, Christ Jesus lay in death strong bands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Power song. It is. One of my favorite uh, translations of it actually is in the Protestant hymnal. I'll have to bring that in sometime. It is so amazing. I love it. Um, it was done by uh, Paul Hensel, I think. I think he's the one who translated it. In It's a very particular translation, and it's it's really kind of cool. So. So another, so you're thinking about, you know, strength, the strength of God, getting those last reps out. Um, by the way, this could be a good playlist for a, for a soccer, before a soccer game. Songs to get pumped and amped. Right. <laughs> well, you got some Warriors out there I saw yesterday, so. Yeah. It's, the team is looking pretty sharp. Good. Yeah, it's kind of nice to be re- a retired soccer coach, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to go to the games? Well, I think I might wind up refing them. <laughs> they just keep pulling you back in, man. Yeah, I know. I don't. I'm, I'm I'm on the fence about that because I'm not too far removed as a coach that. Right. I don't know if I can be impartial. You just have to be faithful. <laughs> number five, uh, number six eighty two. God of the prophets, bless the prophets' sons. Uh huh. You had a reaction to that. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. Liar. <laughs> Liar. What was that? Yeah, it's just not one of my favorite ones. Yeah. I think there are a lot stronger ministry hymns in TLH, and that's actually one of my... One of the sad things about LSB is the there really are no Office of the Ministry hymns that are right. really all that great here. I mean, if you look in... TLH, I mean, um, Lord Jesus, Who Art Come, mm-hmm. which I'm actually having the kids sing as one of their hymns of the month. Good for you. Because the uh, the ministry is part of the church. Mm. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it is, right? Really? And if we're going to have uh, if we're gonna have a whole theme on the body of Christ, it's like, well, ministers are included too. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. Number four. The night will soon be ending. Oh, yeah, this is one of your favorite. Yeah, I like this one, 337. It's about a hymn, a hymn writer who had a was uh, in World War II. Yeah. Who was trying to save his family. He had married uh, a Jewish woman right. and her daughter and, her, and uh, trying to keep them from the Nazis. But it's, uh, it's got a power tune a little bit. Mm-hmm. You find anything uh, power in the in the words there? Do you find anything bigger? I'm looking at nothing standing out too much yet, but I'd have to hear that tune as well. 
The night will soon be ending. The thing is dry. Hmm. Minor the yep. theme there, right. part of a minor tune, but it is in a sense a call to arms with you know the darkness that we're living in and right, yeah, and 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 persevering in the Word of God and and remembering Christ. Number three, uh, seven twenty-seven. If God Himself be for me, yeah, that's a good one. It's got a kind of a nice. Uh, if you sing it right, a <laughs> nice power melody. Right, yeah. And do you have any power words in there? What number was that? That was uh, 727. That's on eagle's wings. Oh. Not that one. <laughs> that, is def- that definitely doesn't fit either qualification for your uh, power ballad. <laughs> yeah, getting that rest up. I can just see you crying hey, in the weight room. It, uh, there's a line that fits, and famine will bring you no fear. If you're cutting, yeah, maybe. If you're cutting. <laughs> if you just did a dirty bulk and now you got to cut. Yeah, I can see that. I have no idea what you just said, but. Okay, dirty bulk is a bodybuilding term where guys, they lift weights and then they just eat as much as they can to get as much mass as they can. So they do a dirty bulk because then you're just putting on lots of muscle and lots of other stuff, but you're gaining a lot of muscle. And then they'll cut. Food, right? So that. The idea is, well, I got all this mass. Now I'm going to to melt the other stuff away. So I just have that mass I gained. So they'll cut. They'll do a dirty bulk, and then they'll cut. Okay. Even this is new to you? I I don't I never I've never been in your underbelly world of weightlifting and stuff. The closest we got was when we watched that Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> thing, <laughs> which was kind of weird. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, that was a. a, You want to tell that story? We can go that way. Uh, I think we should save that for another time. (laughs) (laughs) That is that is probably like one of the weirdest experiences I've ever had with you. I'm not gonna lie. So yeah, we'll say that. So, um, if God Himself before me, what was the actual number? I don't. Do you know what that is, Berg? Vicar, there's an index in the back that goes um, alphabetical. Okay. If you, if you look. 724. 724. That's what I said, isn't it? 727. Oh. Might have been your handwriting. No, it's... Do you think, Vicar, do you think I might... Peter, I might be more able to answer this. Do you think I might be a little dyslexic? Because I read things wrong. I think you have bad eyesight. No, I can see that just fine. It just comes out wrong. I switch words a lot. I mean, I it's possible. You could be becoming a Yoda. Yeah. It, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I've been drinking these sparkling waters. One thing that happens when you have attention issues is, uh, and my family now makes fun of it for me, is I'll open up a can of sparkling water and like drink half of it and forget I had it and leave it somewhere. And so finally, my wife put a collection of about 15 half-finished sparkling water Did cans. Did she make you drink them? Well, then it's not sparkling water anymore as a thing. <laughs> it's just water. It's not... And so I, we get a text. I helped Jonah move into his dorm, and he said Dad was here, and there's an empty can, a half-empty can of sparkling water on the counter. I try not to do that, but it really is, I think, an attention that you forget that you have it. You're on to something else. Well, you and I are alike in that way because I will half-drink a pop or sparkling water and just leave it. I think it drives my wife nuts sometimes. Or I will I will start drink I'll drink half one and before like 
Like I forgot that I started drinking one. I'll open another one when I have one. That's got to be an, an ADHD thing. Or an age thing. Good thing you're not on medications. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. since we don't want to leave well, a half-opened, you know, half-drank uh, top 12 list, so. <laughs> All right. So, Vicar, do you have any, if God himself before me, power lyrics in that one? I really like stanza eight. It says, no danger, thirst, or hunger, no pain or poverty, no earthly tyrant's anger shall ever vanquish me. Though earth should break asunder, my fortress you shall be. No fire or sword or thunder shall sever you from me. I mean, that'll get you through a set. That'll get you those last couple of reps. No pain or poverty. There you go. It gets you through the pain of the workout and the the poverty of cutting after your dirty bulk. Uh, (laughs) Have you heard any of the bench press parables? No. Hey, Peter, do you think we could, as as we, when we close out the show, play one of those for him? Sure. I can... See if I can find one. Yeah, because we, you know, I put a lot of work in that one. I don't want to just yeah leave it. You need to formulate some more. Yeah, the natty or not is a good one. Number two, Christ sits at God's right hand, five sixty four. So uh, do you you want to do like maybe next time some honorable TLH mentions? Oh, I've got one here for sure. Okay, and I've got actually got one for LSB uh, with a different uh, hymn tune actually. Okay. Do you find anything there, Vicar? Yeah, maybe uh, in stanza one, to reign till every foe will lie beneath his feet. I think that's powerful. All right. It uh, brings us to number one. This should be obvious to everyone. And number one. Any guesses what number one is? Mighty Fortress. That's correct. What would you do if that had not been number one, Berg? Would you just storm off? No, I mean, you know. I do have an... So, a Mighty Fortress, um, uh, the older version, not the the newer one. Okay, what is the older version of there's the There's 656 one? and there's 657. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you like the the rhythmic version better? The rhythmic. Yep. And the words are stronger in that one, too. Yeah. Yep, I agree. It's like they made it a, a lifting song and then it became like a... CrossFit song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Vicar, any lines in there that, that would make it a good power song? How about stanza three? Though devils all the world should fill, all eager to devour us, we tremble not, we fear no ill, they shall not overpower us. So, uh, yeah, that's my list. And I have an honorable mention because... Uh, you know, I, I almost added uh, for all the saints. Yeah, because that's kind of a power, but it, at the same time, you know, it gets him more thought provoking that it, it may not be for lifting. Mm-hmm. So, right, because it can be sung in a powerful way, but if you're working to get, you know, yeah, no, I understand. Yeah, so so what are some of your additions that you? Well, I really like. Heart, uh, 345, Hark a Thrilling Voice is Sounding. Uh, the tune in LSB doesn't fit with your qualification for uh, lifting mm-hmm. him because it's like, da 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 It's like you're yeah. watching cartoons with kids. See, see, that would be more for uh, Peloton, maybe? <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah. But the, uh, I think it was 
LW, Lutheran worship, that had a, it was a great and powerful and very adventy mm-hmm. sort of uh, tune for it. It's, hark a thrilling voice is sounding, Christ is near, we hear it say, cast away the works of darkness, all you children of the day. Yeah, that would work. Yeah. But I think the one that you need to sing is um, Rise Again, Ye Lionhearted. Oh, yes. Yes. And uh, and not just the TLH one, because that only has four stanzas. The original one has 13. Wow. Yeah. It's um, amazing. That will be you good know. for a drop set, Vicar. Yeah. Oh, man. Like... Uh, Stanza seven. Courage, brethren, firm and fearless, steady in your calling stand. Follow we that cloud of peerless witnesses and warlike band, who the flesh subduing, no, no cause for ruing. Flesh must suffer as it will, and the soul will flourish still. So far those really hard sets. There you go. So what a what a what a service we've done to the listeners, right? You know? So as what, you're in the gym, bulking up. Bulking up, right? Uh you now, can bulk up spiritually too. So that when we get to the to the uh, the cutting stage of Lent, you know, we're cutting. Yep. We'll be ready to go. But you see, with God's word, it's always a dirty bulk. It's never cut. <laughs> so did you, did you were able to find uh, Natty or not? Yeah, I found it. So, you Vicar. play it in this episode? Yeah, I just want to play it in the episode, don't you think? All right. All right, so this is a... Uh, this is a uh, one of the it's called a bench press parable. Okay. Segment that I've done, just kind of let you know, to help you as you begin your weightlifting journey. Because he's, you've done one, one time with me, right? Yes. And you're tonight, right? Today will be number two. Number yep. two. So, so uh, this is a, a a bench press parable that we have done. Go ahead. Welcome to another installment of Bench Press Parables, where we give you a swole story with a heavenly meaning. Winstral, Diana Ball, Nandrolone, Anvar, Andral 50, Prima Balone. What are they? Steroids. Because of these performance-enhancing concoctions, a question that often rolls around inside a meatball's head is this. Is that dude natty or not? Natty. Natural. No roids, no gear, no juice. Natty means you're hitting the freak factory loaded up with protein shakes and whatever genetics your sweet mama gave you. Not means your traps are courtesy of pharmaceuticals and your skin has been poked by more needles than a church quilt. Examples. If you have gained 200 pounds in the bench and four hat sizes, you are not natty, bro. If you won the home run derby in the 1990s, you are not natty, bro. If the veins in your deltoids pop more than a pot of Orville Renbacher over a pile of molten lava, you are not natty, bro. If you put on 50 pounds of muscle in three months eating chicken, broccoli, and rice, you are not natty, bro. If you are an action film star known by one name, like Arnold or Sly, 
or The Rock. You are not Natty, brah. Natty or not, not only does this question float around your local muscle barn, it also has been floated around churches like Shock Dust at a deadlift convention. Saving faith, is it Natty or not? Is it born out of our own free will? Does it arrive from a spark inside of natural man? Is natural man able to know God and love God and please the true God? When it comes to saving faith, you are not Natty, bruh. Ephesians 2.3, we are by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Romans 8, 7, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God's law. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. 1 Corinthians 12, 3, no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 2, 1, you were dead in your trespasses in sin. It is the Holy Spirit who calls you by the gospel, enlightens you with his gifts, and sanctifies you and keeps you in the one true faith. You are not men. You are born again by water and the spirit. You are a new creation, bro. In fact, Jesus said you receive the kingdom of heaven just like a baby. Volcano. This has been Bench Press Parables, signing off. May your gains at the gym be natty and your old Adam be crushed. Very impressive. That, How many are there? Just two of them. Okay. I need to do, oh, here. I need to do another one. I'm not sure what Berg thinks he thinks about them yet. No, I think they're good. <laughs> I don't know half the stuff you're saying, but that's all right. <laughs> 17.0 was generally concerned and confused with that one, I think. <laughs> so so do you, did you record that by yourself and then Peter add the music? I actually, or was that playing in the background? Truth be told, that was all me. Okay. Yeah. It was Natty, bro. It was Natty. Right. Because it's all me because... Uh, that that's where my ADHD really shines. <laughs> he adds the sparkle, right? It like for some reason sparkle. it says for some reason it has a little girl saying volcano for no reason and just blowing up. The only way I put that is because it made me laugh. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's pretty much professional quality if you ask me. Let's do a question. Let's do a, do a question. Is there yeah? Confound the clerics, maybe? Peter, play the intro. Confound the clerics. All right, so you guys asked me to find a question, so I looked on the uh, ever-faithful LCMS subreddit. Um, they do a monthly Ask a Pastor thread, so we've got a uh, bounty of questions here. Uh, we've chosen one from uh, a throwaway account. It's throw away as the numbers. So uh, this person made this account just for this comment, actually. That's Hopefully he's not a quarterback. Um, <laughs> they say, honestly, not sure if this question will get answered or not, but if bad things keep happening from an activity, is that God telling me to stop doing it? 
I've been told that all things happen because he allows them to, so that would mean they are connected, right? For some backstory, I play football. A few months ago, I got in really big trouble, and it led to a four-game suspension. I got a concussion the second day of spring practice, and then the fourth day in the fall, I got another. I just have no idea how to interpret this. Can anyone help? Yes, we can. So, when you ask, uh, is... uh, um is God trying to tell you something? Well, there's a couple of ways that God tells you to, to do things or not do things, okay? One is uh, you look at uh, God's Word, and the Ten Commandments is a good place to start where you, you know where he is telling you to do something or to not do something, correct? Yep. Another thing he does is he uses, he is a God who created the order of things in this world. So, for example... God has told you, Berg, that you are not going to be an NBA player. Yeah, but the Disney Princess movie says I can be anything I want. (laughs) Right. Well, how did God tell you that you are not going to be an NBA player? You're not. Because I'm just so darn good looking, you know. You're you're too pretty for the NBA. I am too pretty for the NBA. And so... So when say if you're playing football and you're getting a bunch of concussions, right? Is that God telling you not maybe not directly don't play football, but it could be natural consequences to things which God set up which could be telling you that maybe you should be playing football. Does that make sense? Yeah. And the thing is is your suspension I don't think that that four game suspension was probably not because you were playing football. Probably because you did something else, right? Right. So, I mean, unless you being in the football environment led you into some sort of temptation, you know, Mm -hmm. some sort of spiritual temptation, which you then, you know, and then you committed a sin, then maybe you shouldn't be in that sort of environment. Also, the, you know, if you continue with football after getting two concussions like this, Kind of really one after the other. I mean, concussions, the more and more studies that they do on football and the concussions, uh, it it really can significantly change your personality, your emotional state. Um, it's not a good thing. So, And, and to be it, honest, I'm looking at one of the answers. I'm not sure uh, if that how helpful that is. Okay, yeah. You want to read that one? Yeah, sometimes things happen. We don't see what God is up to for years. Ask God what he's up to. <laughs> Yeah, that doesn't really work. Well, and so the thing is, is like, okay, let's put this in the negative, okay? Mm -hmm. Let's say nothing goes wrong, okay? Is that God telling you to keep doing it? Well, well, that depends. Is it sin? Well, and that's the thing, is we always have to go back to what God actually said in his word. Because because I had a, a cohabitating couple who said, oh, yeah, it was God's will for us to move in together because she sold her house so quickly. Right. And there were no impediments. And so that's why uh, we always have to look at the converse of this, too. too. Is it true or not? Um, Just because bad things are happening. I mean, look at Daniel. Bad stuff happens to Daniel all throughout his life because he's faithful. Was that God telling him to stop being faithful? No. No, it wasn't. No, and and bad things happen for... For being, you know, if they, I guess the, the prime example would be this, you know, uh, you know, imagine Jesus, 
you know, being nailed to the cross and thinking, why does this always happen to me? <laughs> Maybe God's telling me not to do this. <laughs> right. Oh, wait. Right. So the first thing I think we are all here on agreement is, for your sake, is to trust in what God actually you know says. Mm-hmm. And so one thing, if it seems like you're relating this to playing football, one thing I, I could tell you is God is saying, don't play for um, Bishop Sycamore <laughs> High School. I guess, and then the second thing is, is is the company you're keeping causing you to sin? Right? Bad mm-hmm. company corrupts good morals. If you being on the football team is causing you to fall into sin, then you shouldn't be playing. The third thing is a fifth commandment issue about being hurt because you harming yourself uh, is also an issue. Right. And, you know, so that's that's another— To take care of the body that God has given you because that's also what the Bible teaches as well. So, you know, those three things, I think, are very important to— to think about when you're making these kind of decisions. Because what we, and what happens is too, it can be freeze freeze people up when they think in this vein, they say, Well, what does God then want me to do? How can I be sure? And and sometimes what God gave you wisdom, God gave you a certain amount of intellect to make decisions, and uh He gave you some commandments to guide you and ways of thinking about your life and those around you. Love and loving God and loving your neighbor and all those things, that's enough to make some good decisions. Right. And if you get in and say, well, what is God really trying to lead me? Or what is he trying to say? What do you wind up doing is, in a sense, trying to understand that can, those things that cannot be really understood. So use what the, the ability God gave you to reason and taking care of yourself and those around you and, uh, and showing love, trust in God. Those are all things that that really can guide you. But to simply look at various things and various events in your life and to say, what is God trying to tell you? You can wind up um, misreading things. You know, if God wants you to know something, he's not a silent God. He'll let you know in his word. Yeah. Actually, I think this would be a—we should do a show on casistry. Sure. Really. I mean, we should do a show on casistry and teach people how to work through some of these issues. That would be good. Because we pastors discuss casistry all the time Mm -hmm. at our Winkles, at our uh, pastors' meetings. Uh, And so maybe we can talk about that here in a later show. But another thing I would say then is, is if you're going through a tough time like this, don't let it go to waste. And what do I mean by that? Well, we just heard from Vicar uh, in our text today about those who had leprosy, right? How that leprosy, in a sense, drove the Samaritan to Christ who had healed him. And how, in a way, that leprosy was good for him because it drove him to Christ. Mm -hmm. So you are going through maybe a difficult time that is causing you to ask a bunch of questions. Well, if, if you're going through a tough time like this, don't let it go to waste. Seek how you can you can learn and grow and, and and see Christ's mercy and forgiveness maybe lead you to repentance of your sin? If you have all these questions, you should be dirty bulking God's word. There you go. So, <laughs> did you like that? See, it, there you go. I put a bow on it for you. There you go. 
Well, that is a good way to answer or to, to end this episode. So thank you for listening. Where could they get a hold of us, Vicar? They could email us at feedback at clericalerrors.org, at Facebook at Clerical Errors Podcast. Sorry, that's facebook.com slash clerical errors podcast. And for Twitter, it's at clerical errors P for podcast. And if you want to look, our website is www.clericalerrors.org. Or you can also find us at offthecollarpodcast.com. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm Bull Hagen. I'm Berg. And I'm Vicar. And may your bulking be dirty. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast, on Twitter at clericalheirsp for podcast, or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time.